Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Nights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long nights. And today on Obsidian Nights, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter, we are doing a Game of Thrones Tyrion 4. And I have a special guest, Lady J. Lady J, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name, my name is, I'm so nervous. My name is uh, Lady J. I am the host of Conversations with a Brown Girl podcast. I'm also a blogger at fourbrowngirlsblog.com. Um, I am a big, big, big Game of Thrones fan. I have read the book several times, back and forth, forward and back, uh, watched the show, not happy with how it ended, but yeah, I'm Lady J and I'm happy to be here. Yes, I'm glad that you could make it and we are going to be diving into Tyrion. Like overall, what's your thoughts on Tyrion? Do you like Tyrion? love Tyrion. He's actually one of my favorite characters. Um, I love reading his points of view in the book because yeah, I was talking to my mom today and I was just telling her like with Cersei, you can feel like the haughtiness mm-hmm. and the pridefulness and the disdain she has for people. With John, you know, you feel like the moodiness and the brooding and with Sansa, you feel the prissiness, but with Tyrion, like he's fun, he's witty, he's extremely sarcastic, um, and he's probably one of the characters that I quote the most. So I just love Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion has some of the best <laughs> one-liners. Like he really does have the like some of the best quotes. And I like Tyrion too. <laughs> I really love Tyrion when we get into a Dance of Dragons. Um, yeah, a Dance of Dragons. Tyrion is my boo because he's dark and i love dark characters yes i I like him in a dance with dragons um hated him in a season eight of game of thrones but that's yeah neither here nor there (laughs) it's neither here nor there today though we are like he's been kidnapped he's been kidnapped by catelyn Mm -hmm. stark and he's figuring out that he's going to the eerie yes So the chapter opens up and it says, as he stood in the pre-dawn chill watching Chiggin butcher his horse, Tyrion Lannister chalked up more debt owed the Starks. Steam rose from inside the carcass when the squat sellsword opened the belly with a skinning knife. His hands moved deftly with never a wasted cut. The work had to be done quickly before the stink of blood brought shadow cats down from the heights. So... They're basically butchering a horse because they don't really have food. They're on the <laughs> road. And um, Tyrion doesn't really like the idea of eating ho- eating horse because although Tyrion is an outcast among his family, Tyrion has never went without. Like, he's yeah. always had the best of things, the best wine, the Dornish wine, the Arbor Gold. He's always had the best food. He's always, he's never lacked gold. So, he's always been rich. <laughs> yeah, he's always been rich. So... 
he's had a hard life far as him being a dwarf, but he's a rich dwarf. He's the son of mm-hmm. Tywin Lannister. So mm-hmm. this is like really out of his league. And he's like, you know, like, do you take me for a Dothraki? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he even talks about that. I think it's referenced like, you know, at this point in time, I was about to eat a roasted fowl and about to lay in a comfortable bed. And like, he's like bitching that he's <laughs> roughing it. Yeah, he's, he's rubbing it. I mean, at the end, about to, you know, enjoy life. And then he's going on his way back to King's Landing or to Cashley Rock or wherever he's going. And mm. now he's a captive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I So I, I read this chapter twice and I just I wrote a couple of thoughts down. Um, and then at some point, I do want to definitely talk about I found a lot of similarities between uh, Catelyn and Tyrion. Mm. um yeah so but That's interesting yeah i when i read it it kind of jumped out at me and i like i said i'm better when i write things down so i i'm a teacher at heart <laughs> well i'm a teacher <laughs> but so i did like a t-chart and everything mm-hmm. but um so one of the things that um if we could just jump right in so this is so at at this point they are on the road and he's basically talking about how uncomfortable he is and how he hates the Starks and how he wishes, you know, he's talking about, you know, he's noticing all these things. And one of the things that I picked up about Tyrion um, is that he's extremely observant Mm -hmm. um, and that he can read the room very well. And one of the things that really kind of stuck out to me when he was going over the memory of how Cat kind of stood up and called everybody out and say, oh, I'm taking him here. I'm taking him to Winterfell. Help us take him to Winterfell. Is that he basically could see the, the cat thought she was killing it. <laughs> and he basically saw like some of the holes in her plan, like how he noticed the phrase weren't as into defending or going with them to um, Winterfell and how certain people from different houses were looking doubtful. So that's one of the things that kind of stuck out to me is that, you know, he's a very observant person. He knows how to read the room, but he kind of saw where Catelyn had failed in her plea to kidnap him and take him to Winterfell. Yes. I mean, I agree with Tyrion is observant. I think Catelyn is observant too. Yes. I do see some parallels there because the last Catelyn chapter, she was Mm -hmm. very observant about like the landscape around her and the people around her, Mm -hmm. even though she, even though she didn't capitalize on it as much. But one thing Mm -hmm. about Tyrion is Tyrion always seems to be steps ahead of people. Yes. And he has that, I always say he has like this Machiavelli type of like leadership skill. I don't want to say leadership skills, but just like he has this, this Taiwanism, I'll call it. Yeah. Where Jamie doesn't, Cersei thinks she does. She almost Mm -hmm. does, but she's too stupid. Like she's too petty. She's not stupid. She's petty. Um, And prideful. And prideful. Right. And Tyrion just isn't that. Yeah. So I think that's where... Like, you know, he's separated from his siblings, but I do see that parallel that you're talking about. Yeah. And then just so, and it's funny that you bring that up because in the chapter when he is writing and they take the hood off of him and he goes, oh, we're, we're not going to Winterfell. We're going to the Erie. And Catelyn kind of gives him this look like, hmm, gotcha. 
Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is like, it seemed like he was more angry because it said, I've always prided myself of outwitting people. And I kind of got the feeling that he was more pissed off at the fact that Catelyn had outwitted him than he was of being kidnapped. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I agree with that. Like, cause he hates being outsmarted because yeah. that's his thing. Yeah. That's Tyrion's thing. So he, he doesn't like that. So I, I agree with that assessment as well. We're right. getting off to a hot start. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I got, I got more. I got more. Keep it, keep it coming. Keep it coming. That's why, why we do Obsidian Nights with the Sweet Summer family, because we want to hear all point of views. Okay. Uh, okay. So here's a good one. So I can't remember because sometimes the book and the show always, when it comes to like quotes and things, but I don't know if it says it in the, the text, but I, I really do believe that um, Tyrion does have a heart for um, cripples, bastards, and broken things. And something that I noticed um, in the chapter that he, refer- he looked at or referred to Kat's hands. Mm-hmm. and how in the beginning she showed him her hands like you know this is what your cat spa or whoever whatever word she used did to me and how he referred I think he referred to her hands like two or three times in the chapter um and I think he felt for her um and I, I think you know literally when her back was against the wall when they were being attacked by the by the hills tribesmen um he again referred to her hands and how she couldn't really hold the dagger because of how her hands were, her hands were broken. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that just shows that Tyrion does have a heart for broken things. And I think also he feels guilty because he knows that his family had something to do with. Yeah. I was going to, I was, that's what I was going to get to. I definitely yeah. think that Tyrion is on to, okay, something happened. Jamie, Cersei, Joffrey, somebody. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he's onto it. Like his in a storm of swords, like he can't stop thinking about it. And mm-hmm. I think he he does feel for Bran, yes. and he does feel for John, and I think he kind of feels for Catelyn. And I think Catelyn, even now, I think Catelyn kind of realizes that she made a mistake. Because in the last Catelyn POV where she took Tyrion, she was, you know, she didn't have time to actually think. George Mm -hmm. even made a point to say there was no time to think. There was only the moment to act. Mm -hmm. And if she had thought about it, you know, she probably wouldn't have done the same, the same thing. Yeah. And, and even I, cause I, I had basically, I was one of my points, like, you know, when Tyrion was telling her, like, you know, why would I basically hire someone and then give them my own dagger? That's stupid. He was like, I'm, I'm not a fool. And it talks about how there was a flicker of doubt. And I really think that she believed him. And I also think she, in her own way, trusted Tyrion because when they were in that fight, she allowed him to have a weapon. And she was like, swear to me that, after we win, you'll drop your weapon. And he was like kind of snarking. He was like, yeah, I'll give you my Lannister word. And after the fight, she allowed him to keep his weapon. But, and I think deep down that there was a trust that she had, but Mm -hmm. like you said that she was so knee deep in it that to backtrack now would just make her look bad and would just 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, no, it's I agree. storm either way, but. It, even if she doubted that he didn't have a part in it. And even if she, you know, thought, well, maybe he didn't do this, but at the same time, she likely thinks that she can get some kind of information out of him. And like, she doesn't know, like we Mm. know, we have the benefit as the readers to know that Tyrion is the good Lannister. Yeah. So Tyrion's last name being Lannister alone it probably gives her, you know, pause on trusting him. That's true too. Yeah. But I, you know, but Tyrion also knows how to work that Lannister name. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's very good at knowing his role as a Lannister. He yeah. plays it, he plays it so well. Um, you know, he's always mentioning, you know, paying debts, whether that's a good debt, because in the in the book, it constantly in that chapter, he's constantly talking about remembering people's names because he's going to get vengeance. But yeah, I think um, I think he definitely knows how to play that 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 Lannister role and to to use it to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Tyrion does do that, right? My yeah. father, like, not mm-hmm. as much as Jamie. But he does do that. Like mm-hmm. he uses his gold, he uses his name, he uses mm-hmm. everything, his positions mm-hmm. to get to have things done for him. Which in this setting, in that world, there's nothing wrong with that. Like mm-hmm. it's smart and clever that he does that. Because yeah. in any other instance, like if he wasn't a Lannister, he wouldn't have the influence that he has. Yeah. But I think he also uses that a lot because because he is a dwarf. Yes. You know, like, you know, Jamie doesn't really use that because Jamie is like one of the best swordsmen in the land. You know, mm-hmm. if if Tyrion was of average height and was able to fight, I don't think that he would use it as much. But that and that's like what kind of like what I was saying, like he really knows how to use that to his advantage because like you said in this world it's acceptable and in this world people know that if he didn't have that name and that gold behind him he mm-hmm. he would be like either dead or like one of the dwarves at the at the red not the red wedding the purple wedding yeah uh, a fool yeah and uh, you know he wanted actually when he was little he wanted that like he wanted to do that but time and like forbid him like he wanted to like wear costumes and do cartwheels and shit Mm -hmm. and tywin was like absolutely fucking not yeah not in here yeah tywin uh it's very uh very interesting man very interesting character yeah so they're on the road going to the Erie. Catelyn Stark said when they took Tyrion that they were taking him to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. And Tyrion is expecting to go to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he's not going to Winterfell. He's going to the Vale. And the thing about this that I don't like when it comes to Catelyn, and I've talked about it, I talked about it in the last Catelyn episode, is... Mm-hmm. It would have been smarter to take Tyrion to Winterfell. Like yeah. it, it really would have been smarter, or to River Run, because she doesn't know Lysa anymore. Like she does not know. She knows who Lysa used to be. She doesn't know that she's freaking crazy. She's a crazy person now. Yeah, like, she doesn't know that. And just to go, and then on Lysa's end, like your sister is bringing some 
high lord, like a very high lord with a powerful family. You've kidnapped him and you're bringing him to my castle. So I could see how Lysa would be upset with that mm-hmm. arrangement as well. But I, I, but I also feel like for, okay, so Catelyn is very observant, right? Mm-hmm. But she, but I think she also lacks some kind of common sense because, you know, she's, like you said, she doesn't know her sister anymore. You know, that letter came out of nowhere. I would kind of be suspicious if I haven't seen my sister or heard from her and all of a sudden I'm getting a letter. That's just me. I would just be a little suspicious or I would try to reach out to her in some way. But she kind of like believes people blindly, it seems like, like even with Peter. Yeah. You know, like when Tyrion was like, you know, Peter is a liar and he looks out for himself. And she's like, no, he loved me. That love was true. And and it's foolish for her to believe that a guy that loved you when you were a kid, who your fiance almost killed him, he reached out to you, you never wrote him back, still is going to rock with you as hard as he used to. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like it's like she kind of gets... It's like as for observant as she is, she's almost ignorant in the same in the same way when it comes to certain people, you know, like people who are close to her or who she thinks is close to her. Like she's kind of stuck in the past, like that past version. She can't she can't see them for the future version or the present version. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to give like some points to Catelyn Stark here, because when we talk about like the smartest characters in the books and the most clever characters in the books, you usually think of Tyrion as like one of the top three, if not the the top. Mm-hmm. And she has outsmarted him. Yeah. She's outsmarted him. And it says like this quote, even now, long days later, the memory filled him with bitter rage. All his life, Tyrion had prided himself on his cunning, the only gifts the gods had seen fit to give him. And mm-hmm. yet... This seven times damned she-wolf, Catelyn Stark, had outwitted him at every turn. Yeah, I read that and I just started cracking up. And and you were right about you saying that that pissed him off more. He said that knowledge was more galing than the bare fact of his abduction. So you're right. Yeah, Yeah. I had to, I cracked up at that point because I was just like, you've just been kidnapped. You, You could be possibly killed and you're more upset that someone outwitted you. Yeah. But okay. (laughs) But the thing about, like, the thing about Tyrion that I really like, well, I feel like all of the characters do this. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like all of the characters that are POV characters Mm -hmm. all make friends with, like, outcasts. Like, Jon does it with the wildlings. Mm -hmm. Daenerys does it with the... um, Miranese people and the Young Kai and the Dothraki, mm-hmm. um, like with Masande and Grey Worm. Arya does it with like the Brotherhood and the Hound. And yeah. Sansa does it with like Ser Dantos. And Tyrion does it with Bronn. Yes. And the Mountain Clans later on. But like they all have these outcasts of friends. And Stannis does it. Stannis does it with Davos, but Stannis mm-hmm. isn't a POV. But, like, they all, it seems like everyone does it, but, like, Cersei. <laughs> who, I mean, who does Cersei like other than herself? <laughs> and Tyena. Well. For, for a time. Yeah, the only to 
she, I, she's, I yeah, just, she's just using her. Yeah. As much as I hate her, I love, she's probably one of my like top five favorite book characters. Though. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I agree. She's one of mine. I love a feast for crows because of Cersei, Jamie, Brienne, Arya chapters. Yes. Love a feast for crows. Yes. I can't wait to get to a feast for crows and I'm sitting in nights in the year of 2020. Three or so. <laughs> well, I would love to be back to talk about Cersei because, like I said, she's. I think one of my favorite parts of re. I can't remember what book it is because all of them seem to run together through my head. Is when she's burning the Tower of the Hand, uh, and she's just talking about how, like the, she's just like basking in the glow. Yes, like and, the Mad King. <laughs> yes, like she's just like enjoying every moment of it, and I was like, this chick is nuts. Yeah, she's going crazy. If anybody wants to be on an episode of Obsidian Nights, all you have to do is you can message me, but preferably message at Nims Shadow on Twitter, and I'll put her link in the description box. And she's doing the schedule, and she will schedule you for an episode with a record date and time. And I think we are scheduling for a Clash of Kings now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Fun times, <laughs> fun times ahead. And just, yeah, just let her know you want to do a Cersei one. Or we have a long time before we get to Cersei. So, if okay. you want to do something in Clash of Kings, we can do something in Clash of Kings. Okay. So, I wanted to talk about the ride to the veil. It's, mm. it's treacherous, right? Very. It's very mountainous terrain. It's raining, it's wet, it's mm-hmm. cold. They don't really have food it's like they're roughing it and Catelyn is wasting no time to get there like trying to get there fast as shit Tyrion is kind of like trying to like give advice kind of to Catelyn and everybody's like nobody's talking to you imp like leave us alone and Catelyn is like let him speak Mm -hmm. and Tyrion at Lannister just like sits down and starts giving counsel yeah. Like that's basically like he just sits down and starts giving counsel. This is a cruel land, Lady Stark. You'll find no succor until you reach the veil, and each mount you lose burdens the others all the more. Worse, you risk losing me. I am small and not strong. And if I die, then what's the point? That was no lie at all. Tyrion did not know how much longer he could endure this pace. It might be said that your death is the point, Lannister. Catelyn Stark replied. I think not, Tyrion said. If you wanted me dead, you had only to say the word, and one of these staunch friends of yours would gladly have given me a red smile. So Catelyn doesn't want to kill Tyrion, obviously. I mean, Catelyn can't Mm. kill Tyrion Mm. without a trial. Like, Tyrion's a high lord. Certain things have to happen. Really, she should have never kidnapped him. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. That was a dumb mistake, I think, highly based off emotion yeah it was dumb but Tyrion is basically like you know what that's not my dagger how many times do I have to tell you it's not my dagger like whatever you may believe of me I'm not a stupid man only a fool Mm -hmm. would arm a common foot pad with his own blade and then Catelyn's like hmm why would Peter lie to me yeah (laughs) Tyrion has said why does a bear shit in the woods I love it. I love it. <laughs> because love it is it. his nature. Lying comes as easily as breathing to a man like Littlefinger. You ought to know that you of all people. 
And what does that mean, Lannister? Tyrion cocked his head. Why, every man at court has heard him tell how he took your maiden head, my lady. That is a lie, Catelyn Stark said. So, Littlefinger is going around court telling people that he took Catelyn Stark's maidenhead. Now, the story that I believe happened was he thought he was sleeping with Catelyn, but it was Lysa. Yeah. But he thought it was Catelyn. Where I I remember was that in the books? I can't I, I it's been a while since I've read like it, it's been a while since I've read it as well. But I recall I remember hearing or reading that somewhere. I'll have to go back and find exactly what it was. But okay. he in his head I think he thinks that he fucked Catelyn. And Catelyn okay. did not fuck him. So I feel like that statement though kind of like backed Tyrion up, like backed her her assurance in Tyrion a little bit. Like yeah. him saying that totally threw her for a loop. She's like, okay, well, this doesn't make any sense because I know I never had sex with him. Yeah. And she looks at him with coldness on her face. Peter Baelish loved me once. He was only a boy. His passion was a tragedy for all of us, but it was real and pure and nothing to be made mock of. He wanted my hand. That is the truth of the matter. You are truly an evil man, Lannister. And Tyrion is like, and you are truly a fool. And I'm like, yes, Tyrion. Yes. But again, that that whole blind like loyalty to peter loyalty like this is it would how do you know his love i i I don't know i just like i said as wise as catelyn is as observant as she is as much as she gives good advice and she knows the ways of like she knows how to play the game of thrones right Mm -hmm. she's just dumb when it comes to certain people like like with peter like i i don't get it the lady that I had on, um, Melinda, for my last Catelyn chapter, she made a very good observation as Catelyn seeing things as they were and not how they are. Yes. And I agree with that 100%. Like, she even gives that advice to Ned. Like, you know, you knew who Robert was 14 exactly. years ago, but you don't know who Robert is now. But she doesn't use that same advice when it comes to her sister, when it comes to Peter Baelish. So, yeah, she's she falls short sometimes. And I think it's... You could say that a lot of it has to do with, like, the pressure that she's under because she's under a lot of pressure. Like, yeah. her husband has went away. Her daughters have went away. Her eldest son is now basically Lord of Winterfell. And then mm-hmm. her other son is crippled now. And, like, she's just, just under immense pressure. Yeah. So she might not be her sharpest, you know, right now. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes in the show is when they are standing in front of Lysa. <laughs> and Tyrion. Yes, and Terry and a cat just kind of look at each other like, what in <laughs> the hell is, are, have we gotten into right now? That's like one of my favorite scenes. It's so funny. Yes. That, like his face, the way he's, look, Tyrion's face is just like, he's just sh- like, do you see this shit? Uh, this is yeah. where you brought me? 
And then she kind of looks like, wow, he was right. Mm-hmm. But I also want to point out that that is this first of two references that talks about someone slitting um, someone's throat mm. in, in this chapter. There's two references. Um, the first one that talks about giving a red smile. And then the second reference um, is when they are actually fighting the Hill tribesmen. Tyrion takes one of them down and Kat actually comes behind him and slits his throat. Hmm. I wonder if that has any significance like on future events. I, you know, it caught, it caught my attention because I was like two references of throats being slit. Could be a coincidence, could be not, but I don't know. Like Martin, his writing is very deliberate to me. Um, and I know that he has, I've heard people refer to him as like, his writing is like a garden where he just kind of plants seeds. Yes. Um, so when I read that, I was like, hmm, okay. And I thought it was interesting that Tyrion had observed Kat coming behind someone and slitting their throat. Yeah. I, I like, mean, like, that's kind of how she dies. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting. I think it's interesting, too. And I'm always looking for little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and it seems like every time you reread, you pick up something yes. else that you missed the first time. And it's like, how many times do I have to reread this before I get everything? Yeah, I've I've read this. I've reread Game of Thrones. It has to be at least 10 times. In certain books, I've read multiple times. Like, um, I love the Dornish chapters. Oh, oh yes. God. Those are like some of my favorite and I'm so upset that they effed it up in the show. Like, I was like, yes, they're bringing Dorn in. And then when they did those trash episodes, especially the way they killed, it was a mess. But those are like some of my favorite chapters. But I just love, like, knowing what I know and then going back and reading it. Just like those, that nugget when I, when, you know, I mentioned Cat coming behind someone and slitting his throat. I was like, wow, I wonder if that's like foreshadowing in some kind of way. Yeah. I love rereading books. One of my favorite things that happens in Dorne is Ariel Hoda and Sir Aries Ocarn. (laughs) Yes. And I really like Darkstar. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I've been I've been watching um a lot of YouTube videos on him. I've been um Lucifer means Lightbringer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's done a couple videos. I've been watching and I was like, okay, I gotta start getting into Dark Star. But I've been watching a couple uh, of uh, YouTube videos on on him and I'm like really, really interested in his character and where, where they're gonna go with that. Yeah, me too. Um so Basically, they are attacked. Their mm-hmm. party is attacked, and um, they arm Tyrion. Catelyn mm-hmm. arms Tyrion, and they fight, and they win. Mm-hmm. But Catelyn Stark lets Tyrion keep his axe mm-hmm. as they ride to the Eyrie, which means that she trusts him. Yeah, and she's almost a hundred percent regretting <laughs> what she's done at this point, because she, if she can trust him to hold an ax, I don't think she thinks that he, he had anything to do with killing her son. Yeah. I mean, you can't. So the way the chapter ends, Catelyn was telling Tyrion what Littlefinger told him. And then the way it ends is she looked at him, lips pressed tightly together. 
As I was saying before, we were so rudely interrupted, Tyrion began. There is a serious flaw in Littlefinger's fable. Whatever you may believe of me, Lady Stark, I promise you this. I never bet against my family. Yes, love it. And in the previous chapter, in Eddard 7, mm-hmm. there is a quote where Renly and Littlefinger, it's either Eddard or Sansa. It's during the tourney. Mm-hmm. They're talking and Jamie Lannister loses to the Hound. Mm-hmm. And Renly says, if the imp was here, I would have won twice as much. And Ned just pays no attention to that. Wow. So that's, Renly basically said that Tyrion always bets on Jamie. And yeah. Tyrion just confirmed it in this chapter. So it's kind of like, even though you're in Tyrion's head, Mm-hmm. Even though you know he had nothing to do with it, Renly has just confirmed it in front of um, Eddard, and Tyrion mm-hmm. has just said, "I never bet against my family." So it's like it all ties together. George R. R. Martin is so brilliant, but yeah. overall, I think this chapter there's not a lot really going on in this chapter. I feel mm-hmm. it's mainly Tyrion giving backstory of him being kidnapped and how upset he yeah. is that Catelyn has out maneuvered him yeah didn't see it coming but it sets up a really good introduction to the eerie yes and how crazy lysa is and how crazy lysa is so that is Tyrion four did you have anything that you wanted to add yeah i just wanted to talk about some of the similarities that i saw between cat and Tyrion. it's not like a whole long list but they both have physical difficulties, um, you know, with Kat, with her hands, because, you know, the guy cut down to her mm-hmm. bone, essentially. Um, Tyrion has, you know, his legs cramp up. He always talks about his legs cramping up, and he has to massage them. Um, and then by extension, because I'm thinking of Bran, because Kat is his mom. Uh, they are both have a lot of anger towards the Lannisters, <laughs> even though Tyrion is a Lannister. Like, he constantly talk about he hates his father and he hates his sister. Um, and he's always thinking of ways to get back at, especially Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are fueled by rage and vengeance. And you see this basically as the books progress with Tyrion, how he's basically fuel, fueled by rage and vengeance, wanting to get back at people. Mm-hmm. Um but then you also see it in this chapter, too, where he's, like, trying to remember people's names and faces. So I guess when it's time, he can enact his vengeful. Oh, yes. He's vengeful. <laughs> yes, very, very. Um, and then something that I thought was interesting, and I think Sansa says this quite a lot, that about how a lady's courtesy is her armor. Mm-hmm. And I think Ket, both Ket and Tyrion do that. They use courtesy as as their armor, Kat, because she is a woman during that time. But again, Tyrion, because of his physical stature. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it like early in when he's remembering um, about, you know, oh, well, if Kat, you know, if Lady Stark thinks that I'm guilty, I will go with her. And I think the guy's name is Jack or something, you know, put down yeah. your arms. And so he uses his courtesy as an armor, but he also uses his wit. And his sarcasm and yeah. all of that as his armor. And it kind of reminds me of 
when he told Jon Snow basically like I was just thinking that <laughs> yeah like it, like you're a bastard I'm a dwarf we we know it everybody knows it own it and that way no one can ever use it against you so he accepts his flaws and he kind of also kind of makes jokes about himself or whatever yeah in the previous chapter he's you know poking fun at at um Alistair Thorne like oh I have steel in my hand let's let's just let's fight but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he uses his courtesy and wit and humor as armor. But they may be courteous, but they're not afraid to get their hands dirty because yes. Tyrion like will throw down, and Cat she held her own as well. Um, we talk about this. They both believe in people that they trusted, and they were betrayed by them. So Cat yeah. believed in Peter. She ended up betraying him. Um. And Tyrion believed in Shay. Yes. And he trusted her and she ended up betraying him. And both of them went to the dark side. So oh, yes. Both, <laughs> both of them went to like full-blown dark side. So we know Kat is Lady you know, Stoneheart. Was, yeah, Lady Stoneheart. She's been resurrected and she is on a war path to destroy everyone that was involved with the Red Wedding. Like she's has blinders on like as close as her and Brienne were as, as loyal as Brienne was to her. doesn't matter. You have laners to steal. Like she is out for blood. Yeah. So I'm really kind of interested, like, you know, Tyrion by dance with dragon. He's like signing his life away. Like I'm just going to get back at everybody. Right. I'm the greatest <laughs> Lannister killer of all time. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm going to get back at everybody. So I'm interested to like we know where lady stoneheart rage is going right mm-hmm. but i'm i'm interested in to seeing where Tyrion's rage takes him i think it's going to take him towards cersei for sure yeah. i also wonder what Tyrion's reaction to daenerys is going to be when they meet that really interests me Tyrion and daenerys meeting because what we got in season 8 i don't think it'll be anything like that no, not at all. And we've already seen Tyrion in dance, like completely manipulate a kid, yeah, into basically walking into his death, because Aegon, Fagon, whatever he is, if he's real, if he's not, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrion basically, you know, manipulates him into not listening to John Cunnington and just doing his own fucking thing. And Tyrion knows that that's going to put him in extreme danger. Yeah, and he doesn't give a fuck. No, and I think, and that's the whole point. Like Tyrion just gives zero fucks at this point. Like he just. He doesn't care anymore. Like, it, like, and that's something that I noticed in this chapter in Tyrion 4. Like, it talked about the anger was there, the rage was there, but he was able to kind of squash it, deal yeah. with it, put it away, process it. But, like, by Dance of Dragons, he was like, I am fully embracing Darth Tyrion. Like, he is full-blown, I'm the dark side. Yeah, I mean, well, part of what's going on with Tyrion by dance is he's found out that the Taisha story was a lie. Yeah. So he has that to deal with. He's killed his father. He's killed Shay. Even though he hates Cersei, and even though he hates Tywin, like the fact that his father and his sister were willing to execute him. That's yeah. For and and stack his trial against him 
and I believe that I think Cersei really thinks that Joffrey was poisoned by Tyrion. Tywin has to know that's not true. Yeah, and I think Tyrion always knew that his he always knew that his father and Cersei hated him. Mm-hmm. But I think that trial really just kind of caused him to snap. And then Jamie dropping that Tysha bomb on him. Yeah, I, I think I think that just caused him to snap. And because he started like messing with the kid on the boat, like you know, yeah. little things, and 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 I was just like, what just a- being very an- antagonistic, like yeah. the Tyrion that you get in a Game of Thrones that meets Jon Snow and gives him all of this good <laughs> advice. That is not the Tyrion that Fagon got to interact with. No. On the on the shy mate, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Like completely dark side. So I'm 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 really kind of interested to see where his rage takes him. But then I thought, like like you said, we all know that Tyrion. Well, at this point in time, is the good Lannister. Yeah, but I wonder if somehow Kat knew that Tyrion was a good lander. So like if she knew that Tyrion had nothing to do with it and they joined or banded together, I wonder what would have happened. I I think that she does know um, because at the end of the day, I feel like she is a good judge of character. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a mistake for her to let Jamie go, <laughs> yeah jamie ultimately kept his word true like at the end of the day jamie has sent brianne to find sansa to protect mm-hmm. her to keep her safe so he has kept his word to catlin and catlin's not even alive so mm-hmm. that goes to show that she could trust him even though it was a, it was a bad move for strategically for rob and for herself it mm-hmm. was still she has a good judge of character. But I mean, like, what if they actually like teamed up together? Like okay, Lady like, Stoneheart and Dark Tyrion? Well, no, like, well, at this point, like in Tyrion oh, 4, like in early on. <laughs> it would have been it would have been amazing. I, I would I would have loved to have seen. I mean, of course we'll never know. I mean, it, it would never happen. It wouldn't make for a, g- a great story, but I just think that had Tyrion, like if they sat down and like really talked. Yeah. And Tyrion would be like, let me help you. I wonder what awesomeness, because the two of them are, like you said, are like the top two smartest, wisest, wittiest characters. In my opinion, the, the whole George R. R. Martin world, Game of Thrones world. So I, I often wonder, like, if they had teamed up, like, how would that have looked? How would that have, how would that have changed the story? I mean, it would have changed everything, because... They could have went to King's Landing together mm-hmm. and said what happened, and then Joffrey would have been fucked because Joffrey's the one that hired the cat's ball. Yeah, to try to impress his father. <laughs> to try to impress Robert. <laughs> Doesn't even care about him. Yes, basically. But yes, this was very fun to do. Um, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And please come back. And that is Tyrion 4, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.